Hi everyone, uh, welcome to the second episode of the Lazy Podcast, the podcast related to all things about professionals in the technology business. Uh, in today's episode, um, we'll be looking at using the new Apple M1 silicone in a professional development environment. But before going into that, I think uh, Medzian, my co-host, has some questions for me. Yes, I do. Uh, good morning or good afternoon. Uh, um, yeah, the question that I have for you is, uh, who is uh, who is Errol? Tell us, please, about yourself. That simple question that uh, gets people uh, get different fluids running in people's uh, <laughs> bodies. Uh, so uh, that's a very <laughs> open question. Um, well, um, I'm Errol Baikal. I'm a uh, software developer. Um, been a computer geek my whole life, uh, starting with the Commodore 64. Before I even went to school, yeah, I was playing around with the Commodore 64 that that I do remember, and uh, the computer have always been a uh, part of my life. Um, I, I studied um, computer uh, science, well, not computer science, like um, computer technology um, in in high school. Um, did higher education a little bit of that, but but dropped it and then went in a completely different direction. But computers have always been part of my life, and I've been uh, professionally working um, in in this sector for I, almost ten years now. Um, yeah, that that's about it. That's Errol. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. It's a good, uh, yeah, introduction of of, uh, of uh, what I would call part of Errol, but probably in the future we'll we'll be able to um, the listeners will be able to pick up more uh, of of who you are or who I am for that matter. Um, things that we might have. Yeah, missed. I think professionally right now it, it might be a good idea to say uh, to reiterate because we, we discussed this in the previous episode as well that uh, you and I we are working on the same team currently at. The, with the same customer, we're both contractors. Um, I'm because um, we're in the same team. I'm also doing uh, Xamarin for mobile development. Although my um, uh, background originally started as a, an iOS developer, native in Objective C, um, many years ago, um, with the uh, uh, with the advent of, of the iPad, I sort of got sucked into iOS because I thought the iPad was a magical device. But here we are today in 2021, uh, you and I and other members of our team working on, on uh, both iOS and Android applications written in, uh, in Xamarin. So. Yeah, and and the talk, the talk of the day is the M1s. Huh? Yes. Because you actually um, had uh, an M1 Mac Mini, which you tried out um, in your uh, professional day-to-day um, efforts, so uh, for software development, etc. cetera. Uh, but you decided to return it. 
So how did that go? Yeah, it's a <laughs> that's a funny story then. Huh? Uh, so yeah, it's all started with obviously the the big claim before um, before the announcement of the M1s uh, or the new uh, the new um, computers from Mac from 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 Apple. All started with this this uh, this big hype that people said, oh, this is a a big marketing. Uh, 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 not a gimmick, but okay, big hype, marketing-wise, um, and and then after that, um, the machines were released, and people started working with them, including myself, and the whole world. I mean, I there's no exaggeration that everyone's like fascinated, like, wow, this is great, you know, this huge improvement where you get um, better performance. And, and and at at a uh, uh, and, and running really cool for longer, that's unprecedented in a sense. But you call the hype. But what, what happens? Okay, like, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, at first we we at first before the when it was just the announcement and there was no no hands-on um, hands-on testing on these devices or working on them. It was more like okay, we have to uh, to see it to believe it, right? So I I, I had I, I heard from a lot of people. Oh, this is probably you know you shouldn't get the first gen. You should not. Yeah, typically uh, with with Apple, you uh, you want to skip the first gen, right? Yeah, yeah, and I would go not just with Apple, with a lot of uh, companies that say. Uh, uh, best to avoid first gen, except if it's a revolutionary mm -hmm. exception. Huh? Except if it's a brand new, uh, an, an original device, and you are you have that you have that um, collector mindset, then go for the mm -hmm. first generation, obviously, because that's the value of it. But the actual the the benefits of the proposed uh, uh, the proposed offering. Uh, you don't get it. You don't get the best of it in the first uh, iteration. So I got the the M1, M1 Mini, um, the you know the biggest one that you can get, which is not really too loaded, okay. Uh, but the, be the 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 highest one they offer. Uh, very nice machine, very fast machine, uh, works flawlessly. Now um, I had it for a good, for actually more than a month. And uh, I decided to return it. And the reason for that is uh, in our work, we obviously um, use the, um, the emulator for Android. We use a simulator for iOS. Now the emulator is not working as of today. It's not um, functional on, uh, on the new uh, processor architecture. Okay, is, is that still the case today? Today is still the case. Now, with every day, we see that more things uh, are released or possible now that were not possible. But this is just something that's uh, a little hurdle that uh, time will solve for sure. There's no question about it. Now, is that going to be a month? Is that going to be six months? We have to see. Uh, but definitely uh, something that we will um, we have to uh, be patient until that's fixed. Now, the performance, aside from this, the performance is definitely uh, noticeable uh, startup time for applications really fast and to me what's 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 impressive is this machine is simply cool like as if it's not on 
at all time, very cold, doesn't matter what you process on it, which is not, um, it's not the case. For okay, other, uh, look, I, I immediately have some questions for you. Um, first of all, would it be fair to say that Oh, you got the you got the maxed out model, right? It's got uh, 16 gigs of RAM because the M1 is still capped to 16 gigs. Is that correct? Okay, you got the 16 yes. gigs, but you were uh, the, you found the performance to be acceptable or even above and beyond acceptable. Uh, above okay. and beyond. And this is while uh, you are um, you you use the the JetBrains Rider. Um, C-sharp IDE, right? Which is not Correct. natively supported by M1 yet. The JetBrains uh, uh, IDEs run on the uh, Intel architecture. So there, there's that um, emulation going on, like the translation uh, going on on the M1. Is that correct? And exactly, still you yes. found the performance of the IDE because the, the, the projects we work on are, are pretty taxing. And you you find the you found the performance to be more than acceptable. Absolutely, yeah. So when it comes to even the startup startup time for the IDE, it goes a lot faster. And now when building the project, uh, given that like like you mentioned, our project to work on, you kind of notice when when there's a a, a, a change in um, in speed as far as if it's built faster. And definitely, I could say that. Um, it does build faster. It does deploy faster. Um, definitely, you you gain on these for sure. Okay, um, and this is not because um, I, I'm just trying to you know play the devil's advocate. You weren't seeing this type of uh, increase in performance because you had a, a fresh system versus y your previous Mac setup was maybe uh, a bit more cluttered and and therefore maybe slower you're, you're just saying no this is the m1 doing its magic maybe the m really stands for magic then <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, well it's a uh, it's a good point to bring you yeah so the m does stand for magic in this case uh, because uh, what's happened is uh, now when i decided to send back the m1 i fell back into the uh the previous ones i had which is an i5 an Intel i5 uh, Mac Mini again. Uh, in this case, uh, it used to have eight gigs of RAM. Um, what I what I've done when I returned the M1, I decided that the, the, the old machine should get some uh, upgrade in RAM. So um, I installed, um, uh, I upgraded the RAM to 64 gigs, um, and. And I did a fresh, uh, a complete wipe of the of the hard drive, even a reformatting of the hard drive, and a fresh install, uh, updated to the latest uh, OS, which is the uh, uh, Big Sur 11.1. And when I run the um, the applications now, the same applications, um, they um, they run when they run in the running very smooth, because of the extra RAM that they have, I have, I, I added but they do start slower than that M1. Okay. So here we have an i5 machine with 64 gigs of RAM, brand new install compared to the M1, 16 gigs of RAM. And if you launch two applications, it's noticeable that one ran faster. So would it be fair to say 
that literally the only reason why you sent back the M1 is because um, the lack of support for uh, Android emulation. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the only. That's really the only reason. And I, I really, when I, when I send it back, which I know how it was difficult for me to make that decision, more difficult than to, to, um, to make the initial purchase, is to send it back. Uh, in my mind, I have no doubt that this would be, and I will get go back to that the, 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 the what mm -hmm. you call the magic, right? The magic, whether it be in the M1 or the M, the MX or whatever the, the rumors have it these days. I would go back to it within, I say, six months to one year. Um, I would be probably in a new, the new architecture. Yeah. Given that the the the, the yeah, all the tools are the last 100%. report uh, I I read about these rumors was that the second half of this year, we're going to see the um, uh, a new line of uh, uh, MacBook Pros and maybe. Um, who knows? We'll get, I, I didn't hear this one anywhere. I was just, uh, this is me wishfully thinking like we'll, we'll get like uh, a second iteration, like you say, uh, an MX um, and, um, you know, workhorses out there. Although the, the, the uh, your experience with the Mac mini 16 gigs of RAM and, and the M1 already make me think why, why, how would a second generation um, M chip uh, coupled with more RAM, like how how is that going to um, compare to uh, the the workhorses that we that we have around? Um, but I have been sitting on this uh, my my production machine is a uh, MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar um, late 2016, and I've been meaning to replace it because it's getting a bit uh, long in the tooth because I only have 16 gigs of RAM as well. Um, and I've been postponing it for the, uh, the new announcement that was supposedly going to come and, and it's here in the form of the M1, but it means I have to wait another six months before I can, um, uh, change to, to a different machine. But with your experience and, and the things that I've been reading online, to me, it seems like a no-brainer, and the support for the M1, like uh, native applications for M1 or native support, is is increasing every day, and I especially look forward for uh, JetBrains uh, native M1 um, binaries, because I think that's going to even further boost the um, the performance on these things, and all in all, uh, just generally speaking. Um, you said, well, when the M1 was being launched, you know, there's a lot of hype around it. I, I agree there was a lot of hype, but I also understand what the, the hype, because this is, this is something almost of a, you know, on a historical level, right? You, you've got Apple designing their own chips and, um, there millions of people are going to be, uh, running, um, uh, production tools on on these new chips, and this isn't something we we see happening a lot in history. If that makes sense, this is really uh, revolutionary. And the fact that Apple is now such a huge company with with a lot of 
cash to burn and with a lot of um, confidence and um, a huge user base uh, looking at this unfolding now it, it makes sense but all in all it's still a pretty bold move and I'm happy things are being shaken up because you were sort of stuck in this um, um, Intel landscape where for the past few years nothing much was really moving in a meaningful way so between multiple uh, between two generations you, you didn't see much of a difference anymore like the way you used to back back like uh, a decade or maybe two decades ago between uh like uh, uh a pentium and, and a pentium 2 you, you would see like huge performance gains and i think with the um the fact that the m1 uh, is, is still pretty new and um, unencumbered by um, old design decisions. I look forward to a period where Apple keeps pushing the M1 like they've been pushing the the uh, iPhone and, and iPad um, CPUs, where every new generation packs a whole lot more punch. And this is refreshing and exciting. It reminds me of, of back in the days when you know you'd actually keep track of oh there's a new CPU uh, coming out it's going to be huge whereas these days not so much on on the Intel uh, x86 side. Yeah, well, I think the the the, the surprise here was um, was that um, so first of all we're gonna we're moving we so Apple took the ball move saying, I'm going to use this processor that's really, we know it's great, that has been proven to be used on phones and on tablets, and I'm going to use it on a production PC. And this is this is the big change here, right? This is what's, what we, we, we're surprised to say, well, could you deliver? And, and, and again, um, you could say, yeah, obviously Apple is who should be capable. Someone's capable. Apple should be. But where are the other guys, right? The, we see always this Intel AMD rivalry, but no one really did it. And this guys really, they've done. You know, they revolutionized. Actually, they, they, um, you know, they, they, they went through. Uh, they went. They went to a, a domain where it was a bit stale, and said, "Okay, look, there's something, something new now. There's a new, new way of working now. So everyone either you jump to this new way, or, and and or, or you know, you, you know, we're gonna eat you up." Now uh, I remember when Apple had switched to Intel back in the day, a long time ago. So that's also when you keep when you think about that, it makes you question now. Oh, they're going back to their own processor. Uh, now the difference, like now they have a history with, with, um, with the improvement you said. The big performance uh, changes from generation to generation of phones and tablets. Uh, now they're able to to come up with this uh, this magic yeah, chip. Yeah, the the magic M1. Yeah, one one thing I want to mention that we forgot to um, we discussed it before. So back then, it was always when you bought a uh, an Apple machine, if it's a laptop, you kind of get less in processor power than you would get with an actual desktop machine. And with this new processor, things have changed. 
now whatever you get on the desktop you get it on the laptop as well which is really good for the for the consumer yeah but to be mobile you know or... this makes you think when they when they uh, squeeze this thing well into uh into desktop or mac pros where they will even have less of an issue with power consumption what will they be able to do because these are uh these originated as um uh energy efficient low power consumption uh hi slash high performance mobile chips but uh imagine you have a um a mac pro or or an imac which doesn't have the the battery constraints like you know like your mac mini m1 but the the, the m1 has a a small form factor compared to uh, the imacs and the uh and the and the mac pros but imagine if if uh a physical space is also not uh, a limitation anymore for any thermal issues that might spring up if they push this thing to its limits then i'm i for one am really uh curious about what what, what this is going to bring about yeah yeah so it it tells us the beginning of this we're, we're witnessing now the beginning of something that's that's gonna go that's going to go huge and it's going to go for a long time. That's what we see. Now, uh, obviously, um, this this didn't happen just like this. They are actually pushing the limit of physics to, to have this small component. So we'll talk about here about the, you know, the, the nano, uh, nano distances. And and with that, you don't get um, you don't get um, a perfect um, chip every time when you produce it so uh we might be looking into uh what we run now are basically not even utilizing the full chip simply utilizing the the part that are we know that they're they're physically working properly and the other ones are simply turned off now keep in mind when you make a chip and it, it comes out to be perfect as far as okay there's doesn't have any has less less uh, bad components in it right so you can utilize basically everything in it that's um that we're going to be able to see some uh, some crazy processing yeah well there is another thing that the m1 magic brings um which is um especially pertinent to to our situation is that you can now run uh ios applications um on your mac desktop i i'm pretty sure like I'm, we're in the first generation of, of this happening as well but I, this will probably um evolve further and we'll see uh, a disappearing of the the boundaries between what is a mac application and what is an ios application over time or what is mac os versus what is uh, ios probably over time but um you as a mobile developer, you know, you target iOS um, using Xamarin. Um, and one of the, the, the problems of Xamarin is, of course, like you, you can uh, have your uh, code target also macOS. But now you have Apple stepping up the game and saying, no, no, you just target iOS. And if it's an M1, we'll make it uh, run on, on Mac as well. How does this make you feel? Yeah, it, this is a... <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes we feel good about knowing, well, the platform I use, Xamarin is able to target, for example, uh, uh, small devices, IoT stuff. 
but this is even this is bigger than that because now you gain automatically without without doing any effort because by default Apple took the approach of taking an iOS app and making it automatically available on a um, on a uh, on a machine that has an M1 processor with the latest uh, OS so it's already available and you don't have to do anything now this is assuming that your app um, uh, sizes nicely for a bigger screen but it's there it's it's done right it's um, it's simply wake up the next day and it's done uh, it's not like well I have this app that I did in cross platform and I support now two platforms and tomorrow I have to add a third platform so I will do a bit of tweaking it will take me some time a little bit of work to make it happen this one you don't have to do anything it's a gift actually from could you say Apple this is basically <laughs> like um, uh, the revolution within the revolution in that okay from a hardware perspective the m1 in itself is a revolution uh, it brings us an exciting new fu future at the same time the way they uh, launched it uh, with the uh, intel translation layer and still uh, getting you that performance um, without taking a significant hit that seemed to be revolutionary. But now they they went uh, beyond that and say, okay, here's the third revolution for you. And that is we're bringing uh, iOS and iP iPadOS applications to your Mac. And the revolution in this is that um, iOS and iPadOS are far more popular than macOS. Like the user base for iOS applications, I, I think, in, Last I heard, there were about uh, a million, uh, a billion registered iOS devices, which is uh, the, the, the macOS uh, uh, number is probably just a small fraction of that, right? So a popular iOS application has uh, probably magnitudes, um, like orders of magnitude more users than uh, a popular macOS application. And now suddenly these popular iOS applications are also available you know with with the uh, uh, growing pains of, of you know that being the first gen iteration of 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 this uh, occurrence um, so for the people who use a, a Mac now which has always I think lagged behind on both Windows and on iOS, uh, lag to uh, compared to to uh, Windows and iOS in terms of the availability of popular software. Uh, this opens a new future. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, when you mentioned the the magical number, right, the the billion, right. Uh, so I recall now when. Microsoft was pushing the for for uh, Windows 10. They said, "Well, we're gonna reach a billion by this time," and that was the goal for them. Um, so it's just a matter for them to simply get people upgraded, get people out of uh, Windows 7 and and then Windows 8, and and get them into this Windows 10 to reach that billion. Well, here you have someone that's kind of built it naturally. Uh, and 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 without doing a big effort, except for focusing on a good product as far as uh, iOS, whether it, whether on iPhone or or, or or iPads, and they're there. 
and they're there and they're saying, hey, we're going to now take, um, bring with us our, the Mac OS that's going to come along. And like you mentioned, I'm, I'm sure that in the future, we could easily, what we see now in the future, like there will be just one OS, iOS, right? So you have, when, well, you have the, this now, there's going to be a change, seems like there'll be a change from um, Apple users uh, being the, like the underdog, being so you mean dominant. You mean Mac users or um, Apple users in general? Okay, yeah. Well, Mac yeah. users. Uh, yeah. I said Apple just took my board, but yeah. Mac users for sure, because they were always like, yeah. Yeah, but here, here's the thing, right, Matt? I'm not gonna, um, yeah. iOS is king of mobile uh, software. Um, like you and I, we, we do both uh, iOS and Android. Um, the like iOS applications get more attention. They get uh, they get more polish because there iOS is also an easier platform to develop for. You have the you don't have the uh, the different device configurations. You know, most like ninety eight percent of your users are, are usually on the the latest iteration of the of the OS. Um, so the, it has a lot of benefits and you see when companies, um, uh, decide to go into mobile, they do it very iOS centric. So there's usually an iOS design and an Android sort of follows on that, lags behind on that. So where I, where I want to bring this is you have applications like the, the Netflix iOS application, just one that comes to mind. Okay. And it's a pretty polished application. I'm not saying the Android one is not, just because using the Netflix as as an example, right? So now, today, people using the M1 have a native Netflix application on their desktop, whereas Android Netflix application will not run on a Windows desktop without uh, some type of emulation layer between it. So this is to me the, the big home run like this, uh, this one knocks it out of the park completely. So let's say you're not, you're not an Apple user. And by the way, just so that our listeners know, Matt, you're, you're not an, you're not an Apple guy, right? You, you have uh, different devices. You, you use Android, you use Apple, you use, you know, uh, Windows, etc. So you, you know, me, I'm exactly. just exactly. just so yeah. that people know, I I've made the switch a long time ago, and I'm full full Mac, right? But I hope that what I'm saying now does not come over fanboyish, but really um, underlining the fact that like iOS being the king of mobile, with people uh, in terms of people targeting it for for software robustness, quality, etc. In in terms of UX, and now those applications like that library suddenly being available to desktop, while the an a similar move on the Windows side. I'm not even talking about Linux. And a similar move on the Windows side is currently simply unimaginable because you have two different um, corporations. You have Microsoft on one side, you have Google Alphabet on the other side, and let alone the the, the physical uh, impossibility of it because of the uh, CPU architecture differences, the fact that you have uh, two companies with completely different visions, that they're never going to be able to make this work like Apple does it. Um, and. In my opinion, this is 
Like the, the M1 being a hardware revolution, this is a, a different type of revolution. Suddenly, I think the Mac desktop with M1 has just jumped over um, uh, an incredible, uh, yeah, jumped into an incredible new chapter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The the um, the I know this would go forever. <laughs> this topic would go forever. But we, we we maybe one day we should talk about what Microsoft did in the past, especially when it with its attempt with mobile, and it attempt to unify the the um, uh, the OS uh, under one 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 even architecture. Let's say. Uh, or even two architectures, but at least one OS with with the start of uh, Windows 8, um, and why that one did not succeed? Is it, did it is did it not like succeed because they did not have the momentum in mobile at all? Could be. It's something to be discussed. Actually, it's a uh, it's it's a lot of. Well, the question would come then: Why did you not have the momentum in mobile? Did they do things incorrectly? Because historically, they when when the mobile revolution was beginning, Microsoft thought it was a fad, and um, I think they they sort of missed the boat. And uh, uh, Google came in and ate their lunch. Because you you had uh, these these uh, more mobile type uh, windows for the uh, the the PDAs. You remember back in the day, um, what was it called yeah. again? Uh, yeah. My yeah. Windows, whatever. Windows. Yeah, there was was actually before it was Windows Mobile and then changed to Windows Phone and then back to Windows Mobile again. Um, it it was just huge, and there was also that Windows um, CE, yeah. which kind of yeah. was embedded into um, a lot of uh, devices. But again, you can look at it and say, well, how about other ones that were before in the game, like um, um, like blueberries, right? Um, Blueberry. Yeah, but they didn't, for example, uh, have the, the desktop uh, market share, right? And another thing, you you know, you correct. you do touch on a, an interesting point here, and we should have this in another episode. But I really feel like I need to say this: is that Microsoft actually does a lot of things first, right? <laughs> I mean, look at their um, their tablet computers from way before the iPad, you know, the, the touch screens with the digitizers, you had these laptops with these swiveling screens, yeah. Yeah, the, the full pen input in uh, Microsoft OneNote support. Um, they did it. It just didn't catch on because maybe it was clunky. I don't know. Then, not so long ago, they came up with the uh, Windows on ARM uh, for their, uh, exactly. it's basically the, because the M1, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's ARM, right? It's ARM architecture. So yeah. they were there first, but nothing changed. Yeah. These, these projects simply got shelved and you see um, Apple doing things uh, slower, but when they do it, you know, they, they seem to be magically making it happen. <laughs> Okay, let's not turn this podcast into uh, <laughs> an Apple yeah. podcast. I'll do my best to, yeah. It's a marathon. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, it's 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 another that's another topic. I think it should be another uh, discussion because there is a lot of ins and outs in that one. Um, the, you know, you know, the only thing I could I could put it is like, um, you know how there is the proverb that says. The early bird gets yeah. the worm. 
And then the one that comes, the, the second proverb to that is like, they say the second mouse get the cheese. <laughs> so could that be what happens to Microsoft? Yeah, it c- could be, yeah. You know, uh, so that's, you know, I think I, I'd leave it, you know, if we open the topic of how, you know, why things did not work for Microsoft and are working for Apple, it's, a, it's you know, obviously we do see the difference in execution. Uh, now the timing we could say that should be on the side of Microsoft because they're coming first. Um, so, um, but that's there's a lot of lot of talk okay, about Matt. That, I, think. I think you're right. There's a lot of talk about this, but I think we should wrap it up for today. And today was what is the seventh of January, and this was our second episode. Matt, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, <laughs> okay, <no>. fair enough. <laughs> Well, um, I'll speak to you soon, Matt. Oh, yeah. Sounds oh, wait. Good. By the oh, way, people can reach us oh, yeah. where? We don't know yet because we, we haven't really set up anything. By the next episode, we'll set up like uh, an email account or like a Twitter. And then people, you know, uh, should they want to reach out to us, uh, you can find us there. Um, so make sure exactly. if you... Exactly. Yeah. For now, we're... For now we're <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.